When I was a small child, I lived on the ocean shore in New Zealand. And my sister and I would often play down on the beach. We loved to explore the tide pools that formed in the rocky formation just off to the side of the sandy beach. And together, we would find starfish and sea cucumbers and crabs. And the last place that we explored every single time we were there, so we'd walk down to where there was a big crack in the rocks. We couldn't see what was in that dark hole that was covered with seaweed, but I would lie down on my stomach and I would gently start to put my hand into that hole. And then I would put my whole arm into that hole and I would just lie there for a while. And then slowly I would feel this gentle touch on my arm. And then something would wrap itself all the way around my arm. And I would pull it out of the hole and I would have an octopus wrapped around my arm. I didn't think I would do that today. <laughs> but back then, it felt like that was my special animal. It had a lot of meaning to me. The Maori of New Zealand honor the octopus and the literal name for the octopus is Tefeke. Dr. Rangamarie Takuri Pere, a Maori spiritual leader, writes about Tefeke, the octopus, as a way to explain the Maori sense of wholeness. The head of the octopus is the center and represents the total well-being of a person. Each of the eight tentacles, you're getting this, right? <laughs> represents a specific dimension of health that we all must have. These dimensions are interwoven and each must be acknowledged and attended to if a person is to be whole. The tentacles represent, number one, as a person's spiritual grounding. Number two, the mind, with both the left brain, which is our logical and rational side, and our right brain, which is our intuitive, creative side. The third tentacle represents the well-being of our physical body. The fourth tentacle is our extended family, that understanding that we are all one human family and all related in one way or another. The fifth tentacle is the life force that comes from the culture that we live in. It's our music, it's the dance, it's the rituals, it's the history that we all have embedded in us from the culture that we were raised in. Number six is that unique part each of us has, that thing that makes you different from anyone else in the world, that makes you a unique human. Seven is the breath of our ancestors that we all bring with us, that which our grandparents, which our aunts, our uncles, all of those who came before us breathe that life into us. And eight, the eighth tentacle represents our emotions and the healthy expression of our emotions. Learning this understanding of wholeness expanded how I view myself. I was a nurse practitioner for over 30 years before going into ministry. 
In a nursing school, we were taught that the unique perspective nurses offer to healing is a holistic approach, recognizing that each of us is made of a mind, body, and a spirit. And if we want to be true healers, we must attend to the body, mind, and spirit that encompasses the wholeness of each individual. The intellect, what a person knows, has a tremendous impact on how we respond to illness and to healing. And the spirit we bring with us, whether it's broken or whether it's whole and healthy, influences our well-being. The understanding that we are more than just a body or a mind or a spirit, that we are complex and unique to all our life. But the eight tentacles of Tefeke moved me beyond this simplistic trilogy of wholeness. It created an awareness that my whole self is integrated with those around me. I'm part of a community. I have connections to my ancestors and to all life on the planet. In the white dominant culture of the United States, we tend to be raised to value our individuality. We've learned to defend our rights and our freedoms and we set very clear personal boundaries. We're often reluctant to ask for help or to admit to our weaknesses. And this tendency must, may lead us away from the sense of how we are related as a family and community together. It leads us away from those commonalities we share, our collective identity and our responsibility for each other. If we want to be whole people, we must move beyond understanding ourselves as just our physical, mental and spiritual self and begin to see ourselves as even more complex, integrated beings. Tefike challenges each of us to ask questions such as, how am I with my family? Who are my friends and how are we together? What community am I a part of and what do I bring to that communion? And what do I need from my community? What is the larger culture I live within? And is it healthy and nourishing? The theme North Lake UU Church is exploring this month is wholeness. And since I'm here today, so you can come to know me, I thought I would share with you part of my journey toward wholeness. I came to the UU faith 19 years ago. I had been raised in the Presbyterian church, and while it embedded a sense of political and social responsibility within me, I did not understand the religious aspects, and I disagreed with the creeds that we had to recite together, and I felt no spark of any sort of spiritual life there. And a rather desperate search to understand God and hoping for some absolute clear-cut ways to understand the world, I joined fundamentalist and evangelical Christian groups as a young adult. And I finally left these groups when the theology felt too simplistic for me and the basic rules of behavior felt too confining. And I became an activist. So I was fortunate because of my nurse prep training, 
I had skills that allowed me to work in places where I felt I could really make a difference. I was able to follow that inner compulsion to be part of healing the world. I worked in such places as the inner city Atlanta Hospital Emergency Department during the crack and cocaine epidemic. I lived in an intentional community with people struggling with mental health diagnoses. I worked within populations who were devastated by poverty and racism. I lived and I worked in remote corners of the United States with the Navajo and then the Shoshone and Paiute populations. I did service trips to New Orleans and Haiti in response to disasters. I participated in protests against US militarism and economic oppression. When I first came to the UU faith, it was for my children, probably like a number of you ended up coming to the UU faith. But over time, I became involved with the social justice work of the congregation. I became trained as a community organizer and I worked to establish effective justice programs, both in my local community and across the state of Arizona. I was always involved in some form of organizing and action, and I was always very, very busy. And yet, and yet, it never felt enough. It never felt sufficient. It always seemed like there was something I was missing in all my busyness and activity. And then one day, I came across this quote by the mystic and the theologian Howard Thurman. He said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. What makes you come alive? What makes you come alive? I felt a deep unease with this question. It threatened me in a way that is very hard to explain. But I began to see that much of my organizing and activities were a way of distracting myself. And the emotions that came from my indignation and my desire for justice led to this constant low-level anger. While I was desperately trying to meet the needs of the world, I was avoiding doing the work of fully living, of coming alive. I didn't really know what this meant either, to come alive, but I started to get glimpses. For instance, one time I was at San Quentin Prison where I'd been attending a restorative justice program meeting. After the program, those of us attending from the outside would hang around with the inmates for a while. It was time for less formal time, uh, conversation, and it was less structured, and we would joke around or maybe go off to the side and have conversations with some of the individuals. And I was talking to Curly who was telling me about his 28 years in one facility or another and how he had changed during that time. The words he used to describe his transformation were finding peace and learning internal integrity. 
So as he was talking, I tried to interrupt him several times. I wanted to talk about how unfair I thought it was that he was still in prison. I wanted to talk about the injustice of mass incarceration. I wanted to talk about unfair sentencing, racial discrepancy in prisons, and the social costs of removing people from their families. So while I was caught up in my intellectual indignation, Curley was talking about his spiritual journey that transformed who he was and how he was in the world. Curley was coming alive, and I was too distracted to notice. Thurman's quote called me back to that quest for God I had abandoned as a young adult, but now I came to see that I was not seeking a higher power or a figure who could answer my prayers or someone who wanted to hear guilty confessions. I was seeking ways to understand that spiritual dimension of myself that I never had those words for. I wanted to explore what it meant to have a spiritual life. Along with this came a desire to explore ways to be connected with others, to learn how to have inspiring relationships and recognize the life force of my friendships. I wanted to be a part of a community committed to doing justice work, but in a way that was healthy and spiritually uplifting. The tentacles of the octopus are all connected to each other, and it isn't possible to address one area of life in isolation of the others. While I've grown in awareness of my spiritual and community dimensions, each of my tentacles have become a bit stronger. The octopus requires all eight tentacles to be present if it is to lead a balanced, centered life. So the question I pose to you as individuals and as a congregation, what dimension of your life needs strengthening? What makes you come alive? It may be that you want to learn the healthy expression of emotions or to care for your physical body, to learn to pray or meditate as you nurture your spiritual being. Part of your journey may be to learn how to be connected with others or to recognize the culture that has nourished you. Church can be where we explore ways to come alive, where we find new family, where we get a sense of belonging. Many of us come here because we long for people to know us and to accept us and to help us on our journey. We come here to learn about our UU ancestors who had a vision of a different way of being in this world. We come here to find friends. We come here to find a community of people we can be part of. We are on a journey together. We come to support each other as we explore all the dimensions of our lives. Let us travel together as we take this journey toward wholeness. Blessed be, amen.